Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening or watching the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire podcast. I am your host, Julie Anderson, with another amazing interview of another dynamic female entrepreneur that we are looking forward to interviewing here on the Women Entrepreneurs. Welcome, Kimberly, to the show today. Hi, Julie. Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. Before we get going into the interview and hearing more about um, your interesting background and how you've kind of taken that and turned it into uh, helping others and building a business around that, let me read for our listeners and our watchers our um, your your professional bio or your introduction bio so they can get a, a glimpse of that. Um, Kimberly is 45 years old. She's a single mom. She's was raised by two alcoholic parents, experienced domestic violence at home, and then in the relationship with her father's daughter, her ex. I'm sure that some of the listeners can can relate. She worked for the government for almost 22 years and chose to leave it in November of 2021 to do what she loves, helping people to write their life stories and get it out to the world. She began to write her own story when she went into lockdown in 2020 and it discovered much deeper than just writing. So there must have been, I look forward to hearing that, something catharsis in that. It is a process of self-discovery, compassion, forgiveness, and learning who she is. So once again, Kimberly Henry, thank you, or welcome to the Women Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much. Absolutely excited to have you, to have you here and to hear your story. So that kind of gave us the the little nutshell, and it's interesting that we've interviewed a few uh, female entrepreneurs here lately who had businesses come out of the lockdown and the whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful to see individuals who have been able to embrace that and, and move forward with something that they're passionate about. As a result, something that they, maybe they would not have done as quickly or even done at all based, yeah. based on that. So I'm going to say this up front. If there's any questions I ask that make you a little uncomfortable or you don't want to share them, by all means, I want you to be comfortable. Only share with us whatever it is that, that you are comfortable in sharing, because it sounds like uh, there is a little bit of an interesting background going up. So can you fill us in on some of some of that so yeah. they, the um, audience gets to know a little bit about what drove you to to get into coaching? Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. And I'm literally an open book. So because I really feel that by being authentic and being transparent and sharing my story, including those times that were a challenge and a struggle can really help somebody to see like, wow, I went through that. If she can go through that, then I can get through it. So I'm an open book. And I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> And to kind of start with, it, my childhood wasn't like rainbows and sunshine. Uh, my parents, by the time I was in high school, my parents' alcoholism had really risen up to where it was pretty much at its height of what it had been. And so it was really interesting now that I look back and see how I navigated it. And it was those typical things that's still in my space that it's like I'm constantly working on that codependency. I felt mm -hmm. responsible for the world. I felt responsible for everyone. Yeah, I didn't know how to take care of myself. 
Yeah. Can I ask you out of curiosity, what's your birth order? Are you an only child or, or you're the youngest? Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Brothers yeah. or sisters older than you? I have an older sister. An older sister. Okay. Yeah. All right. Continue on. Yeah. So I can think back now and remember being like four years old, feeling responsible for everyone wanting to make everybody, I'm always the peacemaker still. I'm like, why can't we all just make love? Why can't we all just love each other? (laughs) And so I can think back and remember moments of like, just feeling like, why can't I be the one to make him happy? Why can't I make, be the one to make her happy? Why can't I just make it so that they love each other? Because Sometimes it was really a challenge. I can remember when they really did fight with each other and they were both drunk. As a little girl, I remember things being thrown in the living room. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know what to do. So my thing was stop, cry, and run. Yeah. That's how I handled it. And I didn't know how to handle it because I didn't know, I didn't have any role models of anything different. Yeah. So it was my norm for a long time. And then when I went into middle school, it was, I had been exposed to enough of friends and most of my friends had one alcoholic parent. So we had that in common and there was a lot of codependency there too with those friendships. And I had other friends who were wealthier. I perceived them, I say this because I perceived them like one friend had it's so funny. I say this to her now as adults. She had uh, fabric tablecloths and fabric napkins. And my perception was they were rich because I didn't, I didn't know what that was like. <laughs> and of course, they're coming from a place of wanting to help the environment. But as a kid, I didn't know that. I just kind of thought, well, they live a different lifestyle. They must have more money than us. And, you know, um, so it really took a lot of courage for me to walk into a guidance counselor's office in middle school and being like, something is different about my home. I can't put a finger on it, but from what I'm experiencing at home day in, day out is not what my friends are experiencing. Even the ones with one alcoholic parent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That kind of started my journey to be in allowing myself to receive help. And so I always knew that I had a story to share for some, something inside me. I always knew that I had something. And then a couple of years ago in lockdown, I took a transformation course and we were told to, well, we were guided to do a butt puckering goal. (laughs) I like that description. Okay. Okay. So for any of your listeners who don't know what I mean by butt puckering, it's something that I knew was possible, but it felt impossible. And it felt like a big stretch to do. Now, let me ask you, so back up just a little bit. So you, when you graduated, you went into a government job, like not because when we're, you know, this is a, a, it's a good lesson, I think, for a lot of people, whether I'm talking Mm -hmm. to individuals under the Brain Lady Speaks banner or the Women Entrepreneurs banner is so many will go into what they're guided into doing or a career. They'll take the courses or whatever. And you went 
but what you're doing now is very entrepreneurial, which is a very different thing for the brain. Why did you, what, what was your drive to get into government work? Was it stability? Uh, I'm so glad you said that because (laughs) I knew I was missing something when I was sharing the story. And I'm so glad you brought me back into that. So when I was 20, I got, I was pregnant with my daughter and I was rose colored glasses, naive. My mom had the foresight. I was going to be a single mom. I still saw everything as kumbaya because I was in denial. Mm -hmm. And the reality was, is he was already, her father was already into using drugs and alcohol. And I don't even know what other activities he was partaking in. I can only imagine. And my mom had the foresight. So my mom encouraged me. You know, I know you're young and you don't think about these things in your 20s, but you got to think about the benefits and you got to think about the retirement and all of that. And so that's what led me into the government because it was that stability of her knowing that I was going to be a single mom. And sure enough, I was a single mom uh, three years later. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what branch of government out of curiosity did you go into? Well, it was what New York State. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So was it like, was it, was it something social services or was it just literally in the state permits and things like that? Like, was it, was it because I'm, I'm drawing back to your beginning, you know, wanting to make people happy and, and being connected and being the peacekeeper. Did your government job fulfill that in you at all? Or was it just kind of a desk job? A little bit. I bounced around over the 20 years. Cause we, I had that flexibility that I could kind of bounce around to different places and more or less it was social services that I was bouncing around in, okay. you know, so it was helping people and also coming from a place of when I was young, we did have financial difficulties. So I remember at one point we were on food stamps and we were on other benefits I don't remember exactly, but I do remember food stamps because I remember that paper coupon that people would uh-huh. have. So uh, I worked at one point and that for the state that they oversaw the counties for food stamps and for um, the energy program. Uh, at one point, I went into domestic violence because having been a domestic violence survivor, I went into that office because they uh, bring awareness to domestic violence, where I ended up, well, when I left in 2021 was with the health department and that was with the medical insurance. Got it. Okay. So you probably have some additional working in your corporate work and your government work. You probably had some experiences that assist you now as a coach with dealing with, with individuals and helping them. Okay, so now bring us, now that we got that kind of, that gap filled in, bring us into the current. So 2020 hits, we all go into this lockdown, and and you were still working at the beginning for, for mm-hmm. the government. So take us back to that, that butt-puckering goal that you had, yes. had to go for. Yes. And so my, my goal at that point was to start writing my story. Because what was in my space was those stories of my story's not significant. Who's going to want to read it? Who's going to, I mean, I put it out there for publication. Who's going to want to buy it? I like all of those things were in my space. So it was literally allowing myself to have permission to just do it, 
to describe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I picked the most, the one um, event kind of in my life that was closest to my heart, which was my mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I waited until two weeks before the program was ending. Every week I met with my coach. And this is how accountability plays in the part with this. Mm-hmm. Every week I had a meeting with him. And every week it was, Kimberly, when are you going to start it? Kimberly, when are you going to do it? <laughs> And so I waited until two weeks before and then finally was like, you know, because what, what I was afraid of, and I find this often with people, is the fear of feeling those feelings again. Because mm-hmm. basically reliving those things that you don't want to relive. Yeah. And choosing to write about my mom, I knew it was going to be very emotional. Mm-hmm. And I already lived through it and I had already cried a lot and... When I started it, I finished it in five days and I cried a lot in those five days. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, is your mom still alive? No, she was diagnosed with cancer in 2013 and she had five months of really good quality life in those five months. And then, yeah, when she passed, it was five days when she went into the hospital. Oh, okay. Sorry for your loss. But it's interesting that you chose to to write with that. So you're you're writing it. You get it done in five days. What was your next? What was your next step? Like what? What did you do next? Well, I chose to write about another thing in my life. Okay. So I went to my dad's side of the family, and this is now where. I st- we still, I still couldn't go out. I couldn't visit my father's sister. She was the oldest. And so I chose to call her every night. So I started going into the ancestry because really I was supporting her. She was in the late 80s and there was still gaps for her that she didn't understand about relatives and mm-hmm. stories. And what she didn't know is she was supporting me with writing the story. Cause I started listening to her stories and I was going in and logging in and checking. And so then I started writing about my father's side of the family, what my grandfather and how the parallels of him being an alcoholic mm-hmm. and the paths that that led for my uncles and my father being an alcoholic, but still how dramatic it was the shift in what occurred for my uncles and what occurred for my dad. My dad, my dad still didn't make good choices. He still had things come up and he still chose not to live the same way that his brothers did knowing that his father was the way that his father was. Mm-hmm. But then there was so, so much, there was so much other drama and the lineage. So oftentimes something like alcoholism is, is very often a generational issue. It's something that's passed down for, for many generations. Um, Myself being the adult child of an alcoholic father, you know, it's, it went back, it was all throughout the family. I don't think any of his siblings didn't go to AA at one point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it, it of course goes, goes all the way back at my grandfather died of basically liver cancer, which was caused from Mm -hmm. alcoholism. So you find that. So what did you, did your discovery of the history, your family history, did it help you personally to reconcile or heal from some of the feelings that you had towards your dad? 
well, with my mom, when I wrote about her, it gave me clarity on why my mom always was like hands off, like hands, mm-hmm. hands away. Mm-hmm. And I, I could never understand it. She was like that with me and my sister. She was like that with her grandchildren. And it was just like puzzling. So what I discovered and writing about her was the lineage of grief and loss. And they didn't talk about any of that generations ago. So my grandmother was a year old when her mother died. And we believe that her mother died in the Spanish flu that came around this area in the early 1900s. So it led me to have that peace that of course she didn't know how to be a mother to my mother because she didn't have a mother. And then I discovered further into it, by the time she was 19, she lost her entire family. Everybody died. Devastating, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of grief. That's heavy. And then you have a child and you've never resolved any of that. And then you're talking about the whole thing that happened in World War II with her husband having gone to World War II and experiencing the Holocaust. It was just heavy. And it gave me that clarity of, ah, it was kind of like the clouds open because it was like, it all makes sense. (laughs) Isn't that, isn't that wonderful when you can all of a sudden you make those and it helps you Uh, Something that I've always explained when I'm working with my clients is you don't, and you probably have done the same with yours, is that it doesn't ever give an excuse for poor behavior. But knowing the reason why that behavior was displayed at least gives you some clarity and understanding. And it takes the weight off of your shoulders because then it's not, oh, this wasn't my fault. It wasn't something I was doing, right? Yeah, it, had to, yeah. It, it was their their head trash, right? Their issues, yeah. and and not on me. Yeah, their unresolved trauma. Yeah, even my mom experienced her mother's unresolved trauma. You know, and and I had had conversations with my mom before she was diagnosed with cancer. I would randomly come home and be like, you know, mom. I'm saying this because I don't want you feeling bad. I'm not putting a guilt trip on you. I'm feeling some kind of way that I spent the majority of my childhood in bars. I didn't have a childhood. Yeah. And, you know, like all those times where I felt responsible to get my father home because he was too drunk to walk down the street and she was too drunk to support him. So me being the child, being the sober, I would literally walk him home with his arms around my shoulders to make sure he was home safely. Yeah. And so I kind of had that peace and that resolve anyways before, but it really gave like that healing piece of it, not just for my mom, but also my ancestors. I never got to meet my grandmother. Mm -hmm. So, and I met my grandfather as a baby, as an infant, but even having that kind of peace within that, just getting that clarity was really way deeper than just writing a story. <laughs> yeah. Very true. And it helps when you, when you go through a process like this from a brain point of view, put on my brain lady hat here for a minute, from yeah. a brain point of view, it really does help the brain to, when it gains that understanding and that clarity, you can't let go of something until you kind of go through this process. So it allows you to let go and it allows you to break the pattern. So did you, do you feel like you were able to do that 
in your life and in be the comforting mother and the physical mother that loved and hugged and all of that with your daughter where your mother wasn't able to be that with you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And what the job did was it supported me as a single mom to help my daughter live the life she wants to live. So she's been in Europe for the past three years. Nice. So once I understood that, okay, that job served its purpose, you know, being a single mom, I'm helping her be where she wants to be. And now it's time to let it go. It's time to go step into that part of my life where I've never known how to just trust myself and trust the process and go through the journey of what it is to really be an entrepreneur. Because it's one thing for me to say, and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. It's another thing to take that courageous leap. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole new journey. A whole new journey. <laughs> As we were discussing before we started recording, just little, even just the technical issues, right? There's yeah. so much about being an entrepreneur. And that's part of what we love doing with the Women Entrepreneur Show is to, you know, whether it's providing resources or inspirational stories such as yours, mm. or just the reality of, look, we all have these, these things going yeah. on as an entrepreneur. And yeah. it's, you know, we all have those those hiccups and those those journeys. So you you put together the, your memoirs then of your your mother's family and your father's family. When did it actually come to the point where you were holding a book in your hands? Well, after I wrote about my dad, I gave myself permission to then write about my experience with my daughter's father. Mm. Which I did not see until I wrote it, what everybody else saw, because it was such madness for such a long period of my life. My coworkers and friends would always be like, how are you still working? How are you still getting up in the morning? How are you still managing your daughter's social life? And at one point I was going to school. And then when I wrote it, I'm like, wow, now I see why they kept asking me that. (laughs) And so then once I had that done, I'm still in the process of editing it and publishing it because there's so much to the editing part of it. Boy, yes. Yeah, so I'm declaring I'm going to have a book and I'm going with self-publishing so that I can get it done like as quickly as possible. And then later on, I'll do a hard book. So I'm declaring I'm going to have this done and complete and put out there by the end of this year. All right. <laughs> it is on record live here on the Women Entrepreneurs <laughs> Podcast. Everybody's going to see that. We're going to promote the podcast all over the place. So everybody's going to know Cameron <laughs> Henry has a book that is going to be completed by the end of the year. That is that is awesome. That is often awesome. So in this process... You're writing the book. You're learning a lot about the healing process. You're learning a lot about what it took for you to heal. Now, your website is KimberlyHenryCoaching.com. So you've added the coaching piece to it. Tell us a little bit about how that came into Like, why did you decide at this point that, you wanted to not just be an author, not just write your memoirs, but you wanted to coach. 
Well, that led into my discovery of leaving the job. I went into coaching school because when I was in the transformation work, my coach who was with me every week to get the writing done said to me at the end of that program, when you're ready to coach, let me know and I'll coach with you. So then immediately it was almost like a mirror put up to my face. Cause I'm like me, who me? Like, no, that's everybody else. That's not me. And so it seemed obvious. My next step was going into coaching school. So by the time we were in our third trimester of school, it became very aware to me. And I'm sure you've experienced this in your life where the universe is like giving me all of the signs of, and I had such an urgency that I get to leave the job because coaching fulfilled me in a way that I had never felt before in my life. It, it literally fills my soul when I'm coaching people. So it came very obvious, like a light bulb went off. If I wrote my story, I can help people write their stories. And that's my whole mission in life is that people get that their story matters and that they can get it out there. And once I got clear on if one person picks up my story, reads it and sees a possibility of transformation that's possible in their life, then I've completed my job. (laughs) I love it. it. So that's primarily then what you do in your coaching is helping individuals to write their own memoirs. Is that, is that what your primary coaching um, platform is? Yeah. People can do it themselves. People can do it with me to where I can be that accountability. And when those emotions come up, when those breakdowns happen, I can be there for support and put it back on like, okay, you said this is what you're going to do, or I can do it for them. So everybody's in a different part of their life. And so it just depends on what people are looking for. So why do you think it's important? Like as putting now that you've put on the coach's hat, as Mm -hmm. well as had the personal experience of what, how it helped you, why do you think it's important for other people to, because I I know that there might be those who might think to themselves, well, yeah, I, I had, you know, an abusive childhood, or I had a rough time in a relationship, or I was bullied in school or or whatever the, the situation is. But but, you know, it's not that big of a story. It's not that big of a thing. That's when I hear that. I know. I know I'm hearing it, right? I know this is something that you're hearing, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Because yeah. I know that there's probably going to be listeners yeah. that are going to say, oh, well, that was good for, but, you know, my story's not really anything special. Yeah. What do you, how do you address that with them? Like, give them your, your coaching right now. Give them your piece oh. of advice of what you would say to them. So it doesn't make a difference what you've experienced in your life. And it surely doesn't make a difference what you haven't experienced in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that you should be at a place in your life to be able to write a book, then that's nonsense. Because any situation you have experienced in your life is a lesson somebody else can learn. And that's the whole point of getting your story out there. It's not about you. It's about other people in this world. And it's about making a bigger impact because by you putting yourself out there and going back to what led me getting clear on why it was important to me, like I said, if one person picks up my story, mm-hmm. that place, wow, if she can do it, then I can do it. And so that's why it's so important to just 
let go of those stories and those narratives about it's like not good enough or it's not worthy enough mm. or not yet. Like we're not promised tomorrow. So if you die with your story still within you, how is that helping other people? How is that making an impact in the world? That's a very, very good point. I love that. And as well as the impact you would have on others, because there's always going to be someone who had at the very least a very similar experience yeah. in life and being able to hear that someone else, that, knowing that there's a community there, right? Knowing that there's other people have experienced the same thing and they're surviving and they're getting up every morning and they're going on. That's very, very helpful. But yeah. internally as well, what kind of a healing do you see that that helps with your clients or that helped you that can help someone else who is sitting on the fence thinking, okay, well, maybe, maybe not. It's scary. I don't know that I want to go through the memory. Like, what do you, what can you share how that was beneficial for you to heal or to move to the next step in your, in your life? Well, the big thing for me, because coming from a place of growing up in lack we were always in lack. My parents, both of them, always had a poverty mindset. It was never good enough. It was never never worthy enough. And so for me, the big breakthrough was significance. Getting that my story is significant. Getting that I'm significant. Yeah. Getting that I do make a difference in people's lives. Because the narrative when I was growing up, even though I was like super girl and I was saving the world, I still felt like insignificant. I yeah. still felt like I didn't matter. So it gave me significance and it gave me confidence because when I had that clarity, say just on my mom's side, that connection between my mom and her mom, it was huge because I always knew I'm very empathetic. And I always knew as a little girl, there was something really heavy between my grandmother and my mother. And not having met my grandmother, I really couldn't figure it out. And I was always, I'm such an analyzer. I would always try to analyze everything. <laughs> like, why? 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 I want to know. I got to dig. I got to dig. Yeah. 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 So those are the two big things I would say that I got from it. And when I work with clients, I would say the confidence, especially because mm -hmm. if you have the belief that you're not a writer, and you actually take the steps of giving yourself permission to write your story, you let go of that narrative that you're not a writer. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes in our society, I believe that we have that, like a person is a writer who is a professional. A person mm. is a writer who has gone through college. And, that, and that's, there are people like that. Sure, right. I'm not downplaying any of that. And anybody can write their story. If you choose to believe that you can write your story and you choose to allow yourself to get support and if you choose to have accountability, because all of those are like the magic formula for making it all happen. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's say somebody listening is like, okay, all right, maybe I should write my story. What is the next step? Like what what would you suggest? How do they get a hold of you? How do they reach out and 
and or or somebody that maybe wants to just they just want to read your memoirs like how do they get a hold of you what would be their next steps um the best thing would be my email million dollar memoir yes million dollar memoirs at gmail.com and also my mobile phone which is 518-944-8367 and Beautiful. from there they can schedule a discovery call with me and we'll see how we fit together and how in that space of being that curiosity coach to see what they're looking for, what they desire, what they need, and how I can help them with that. And support them. That's awesome. That's very cool. Um, you also, for the listeners, you can also, we're popping this up on the screen as well. You can follow her on Facebook, on Insta. So go ahead and, and do that. For those who are listening as a podcast, all of those links and all of that information is going to be on the show page. So, so be sure to go to this episode on the Women Entrepreneurs Podcast Network and find this particular interview with, uh, with Kimberly Henry and, we'll, and you'll be able to reach out and connect and stay with her. And of course, even if, you're, if you don't want a phone call just yet, like and follow, share this, this, uh, this interview just so that it might be something that somebody else is ready for. It might be something that somebody else needs, needs to hear. So by all means, as women entrepreneurs, let's all support each other and help each other, um, you know, get our, get our, get visibility out there. That would be a wonderful thing. Well, Julie, I don't want to forget as appreciation for having me on today. I have a free ebook that any of your listeners can send me an email and put ebook as a subject. And if five ways to recover from your personal trauma. Ooh, I like that. Five ways to recover from your personal trauma. Very yeah. good. Very nice gift. Thank you very much for, for gifting the listeners with that and for sharing your story, uh, your, your story of how you're sharing your story. <laughs> <laughs> It's beautiful. It's been beautiful to have you here on the show. Um, and I appreciate very much your your story. And I, I look forward to hearing and putting seeing you put out there on on the social media that your book is ready for um, for purchase and that it's out. And we'll be looking for that by the end of the year. We're going to hold you. We're going to hold yeah. you. <laughs> Please do. Thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed and it's been a pleasure and you're wonderful. Oh. I appreciate everything you stand for. So thank you for being in that space. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for the acknowledgement and, and ditto. You're, it's a really, it's a wonderful way to, to work past trauma, whether you become a bestseller or not, being able to get yeah. it out of here and onto a paper. It's what yeah. I call getting the hamsters off the wheel, right? Getting them... Yeah getting them off of that nonstop. It can really stop those cycles of negative feeling by getting it, doing that brain dump and getting it out and writing is a, is a beautiful way to do that. So thank yeah. you, Kimberly, for inspiring that in, in many people. And I look forward, I look forward to the, what the future has in store for you. Thank, thank you, you for being here on the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So for any of the listeners or watchers, you know, uh, if you're a follower and you hear this, this show often, then you know that we always would love for you to give us a like, give us a comment, share the show, 
we oftentimes have amazing uh, guests like today who have amazing stories that they have then taken that story and transitioned it into a business and are making a success of that. And they're touching lives and changing lives at the same time. So, you know, give some share, get some information out there, let other people be inspired by it as well. And if you have a story, if you have something that you would like to be highlighted on the Women Entrepreneur Show, please send us an email to Kelly, K-E-L-L-I, at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com, all plural, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. Kelly is our group liaison, and she will help you with any facet. If you want to join our Facebook group, if you want to go to our womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com, which is currently under um, complete revamp because we're making it dynamic for the members, and become a member there and get your your uh, profile highlighted, then by all means, please reach out to Kelly and just put that in the membership in the in the uh, subject line. You can also follow us on Instagram. We're trying to really get uh, positive things out on that. So we uh, encourage all involvement. Any questions, you can also send it to info at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. All right. I loved having this conversation. I loved being with everyone here today. And until as I close out all of my shows, whether it's the Brain Lady Speaks or the Women Entrepreneurs, I want everyone to just, life is high stress. There's lots of tension. Just kind of roll your shoulders. Take a nice deep breath in. Go out there and simply enjoy every moment. Thank you for watching.